dead. Wait, this actually oh. entire episode <laughs> should start uh, like this. Sarah's not dead. He has risen from Colin, the dead. I'll tell you now. Colin what? wants to do a song about the crash. Yeah, it should. Too soon, but he wants to do Flash. Oh. <laughs> he wants it to be crash. And then we have to go, Searching for life! <laughs> In the middle of it. So that's what he wants to do. Searching for life! He's like, crash! <laughs> Sarah Jane didn't die. I didn't die. She's here. I nearly died. I <laughs> have <laughs> nothing to say nothing about to it. Say about it. And a load of shite, a man drove into me. But you texted me and you're like, is there a crash? And I was like, can I ring you? And you were like, yeah. And you were just sobbing, like sobbing your little heart out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, where's Graham? Where's Graham? Where's Graham? Where's Graham? I was not getting through the car window. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where's your husband? <laughs> the fireman made me sit in the car. But yeah, I don't know why I texted you. Because I, I'm glad you text me. Why wouldn't you text me? Because it makes no sense. What, like, what do you want to be able to do? I would prefer to know that this happened than not know what happened. You got sure. It shows how much I like. I didn't call my parents. I called you and Graham. Yeah, of course, call me. Like I was glad you actually contacted me. Um, but then when you sent me that picture of oh the picture the one that broke my heart is it me standing in the background. Broke my heart. <laughs> and you were just like <laughs> in the background. It's like what the fuck? Yeah, Graham took that. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. <laughs> what do you do? And I said it to somebody, and they were like, "How are you standing in that picture?" And I was I like, "I don't know. I don't know how." I was like, know. "I didn't even realize I'm in the picture." You were so kind of. I was so over. It's mad, like. Like an absolute, unmitigated shit show. Oh, like, shit show. And like, I didn't want to record this week either. If you didn't want to, like, so it was just when you said. No, I was just like, because even. <sighs> Like we were going to record that night. I was yeah, coming home. Yeah, you were coming over to record. But I wasn't coming home. I wasn't driving home to go do that. I was actually driving to the doctor's to get my smear test. Yeah. So the moral of the story is don't get your smear. Don't get a smear. Like don't do it. Just leave uh, your vag alone. Leave it alone. It's leave fine. Alone. Like whatever's grown in there can continue to grow. Because <laughs> you might get in a car crash. And you might get in a car crash. Um, and actually, Joe, you know, I was super responsible because like the minute Graham got his car crash, I was actually no. When I rang Graham, I was like, I need you to ring the doctor and tell her that I'm not going to make my appointment. And he was like, where are you? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I do know the name of that road. Night Lock, wasn't it? Yeah. It's on the Night Lock Road. And when I rang Graham to be like, I'm in a car accident, he was like, what road? Where are you? And I was like, I I do know, but I don't know. I can't remember the name of the road and I don't know where it is. It's beside a garage and a pub. And he was like, what? And I was like, I'm not river. He's like... Right, and I was, and then I was like, "What's the name of the Chinese in that restaurant?" And I was like, "The Padilla." <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, and he was like, "Okay," and like he literally just like got up from his desk, rang a taxi, and left. You had to like um, tell the people how long you were in Annie. Uh, was it uh, twelve? Like 11, 13 hours. hours? Because yeah. I didn't fall. I was awake until half one quarter to two texting you. Yeah. And then I fell asleep, and I woke back up at quarter past six. And you would text me at a quarter to five being like, I'm still here. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. After a car crash. Yeah. And not even, like, for me, like, because I understand people go to A&E all the time. And maybe, like, there was an awful lot of people, like, I would say nearly 70% that were in A&E with me left. Really? Left. They just didn't stay? They were like, I'm not staying. Um, And so many people left just before they got called. Oh um, no! But um, but a part of me gets that where it's like I've been sat here for seven hours. But it was part. Of, there was also I was texting Graham all night, being like, I'm just gonna live, and then I was just so bad that I was like, I can't actually live. Um, 
the thing that got me most right because I get that there are times where you go to A&E and it's like a broken bone or whatever and it's like do you know what there are other people that are way, way more worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but another hospital had sent me that's it and was like we, we can't we treat, are worried about we, we can't, can't treat, treat you and another hospital was like the severity of her injuries are too severe so go so to James we need you to go to chair for yeah, 12 hours we need you to go to accident emergency because they thought that I was bleeding internally yeah um and A&E were like, yeah, just wait. Like, when I tell you, like, I'll tell you what they did in A&E. So, they x-rayed my chest and my shoulders to make sure that I had, like, no internal injuries. Okay. They did an x-ray my hands, my arms, my neck. Nothing else? <coughs> I said to the nurse... Airplane mode, baby. I said to the nurse, um, my tum is sore and she literally grabbed my hand pulled my hand around fully and I was like uh, uh, and she was like um, no there's no break there and I was like how do you know and she I was, and she was like sorry and I was like how do you know there's no break she was like um, I, I was like no I've been here before I've broken my wrist you just have sent me home telling me it's not broken and then you go and, you and then a, mo- a week later I've come back with a broken wrist so I need you to x-ray my thumb and my hand and did they? yeah it was, dis- it was dislocated. like it was dislocated Um, she had the, the nurse but when I did say she'd know bedside matter there was elderly women that got wheeled into A&E in wheelchairs there's one woman that had and she was like an older woman and I know all of her medical information because when I was sitting in when I was sitting in the uh, triage area, all the nurses were discussing everybody. Oh, yeah, you were saying. And they were going through. And she had, like, severe endometriosis, oh, no. this lady. And she would severe, like, pelvic pain. Oh, no. She couldn't walk. And the nurse was like, you can walk to the door. You'll be, like, was making her walk from her wheelchair. Why do they do that? And I was like, just wheel her wheelchair just in. Just wheel her in. Like. I've seen that before happen. Yeah, it's like, stuff. just. That kind of get up. Yeah. Dude, they can't, they can't get up there and pain you. Yeah. But I guess maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I just The don't. whole A&E thing was like, they, like the doctor literally said to me at like eight, I think I seen the doctor and he was like, we'd keep you in, but we've only got three beds in the whole hospital. That's crazy. That's available. And you were saying it wasn't because of COVID. I thought it was No, no, no. Like the doctors were like, no, it's just like, there's nothing but like, just like madness. He was like, it's not COVID. Plus I'd say since, I'd say the difference in when our, when things before lockdown with the amount of people that would come in because of weekends and nights out and then that all stopped because nobody was going out. That was a Monday night. Yeah. But like people, people on Monday at like eight Colin o'clock. Was, Colin was telling me every day piece people like mates texting me like, Hey, do you want to come out to town and get drunk at fucking on a Tuesday? And he's like, No. People are just going out. They just want to go out. They just wanna like do that. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's I get it. We've been locked in our fucking calves for mm. Do you think We're going back we're in? We're going back in. No, I don't think we're on it. Because I got a pop up on my thing today and it was like, uh, there's like 1,400 and something new cases and then the hospital figures have gone. It's 2,200 yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm uh, just like, I feel like we're going to go back I don't think they're going to go back in. I'm going to throw myself off a bridge. Not that I have much I could be wrong, but I just don't get the feeling that, like, I haven't heard a single thing of, like, and the cabinet are meeting to yeah, discuss the true. current COVID that's situation. True. It's just, like, Hulhan, Hul- Tony Hulhan. Tony Hulhan. And his mates being like, uh, this is unsustainable. Say your gaffs. And everybody's like, no. We're like, we want to get drunk. We want to be free. Yeah. To do what we want to do. But, like, just, just wear a mask. Oh, that's, like... 
It's not even that. Do you know what you need to do? Get fucking vaccinated. Yeah, please get vaccinated. Please, please. If please. people got vaccinated please, please, please. at a really high percent, and if all of the kids and all of the teenagers all got vaccinated at a really high percent, everything could open back yeah. up. Please, just please. Because then it's not a case that, like, we're not going to get COVID anymore. We absolutely will. It's a case that... We are protected. We're protected. We are And yes, absolutely, protected. there will be some people that even with, the, yeah. no, even with the vaccine that when they're protected, unfortunately, yeah. it will take their yeah, lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's horrific. Horrific. But unfortunately, this is now a new disease that we have to live with for the rest of our yeah, lives. It's here. Um, it's here, lads. It's not going anywhere. And the you? more people we don't have get to, vaccinated... We have to adapt. Yeah. We have to adapt. And I think that's what the main problem is, is that people don't understand. They think that this is like... I think a lot of people thought this was like an internet thing. Like it was just going to pass over in a week or whatever. We have to adapt our entire lives right now. We just have to adapt. And it's up to The amount of like things but that like people... Like I work for a company. Everybody knows who I work for. Who are rolling back like on protection measures because they're like this is just our lives now and it's like I get that it's just our lives now but we should still be protecting each other and we're only a year and a half into we're it we're all like like we're not that far into no. it I know a year and a half seems like a long time the Spanish flu is like four years but in the, gra- in, the, in, the, in the grand scheme of things it's not that long in the grand scheme of historical pandemic information that we have I'm nearly certain um the Spanish flu was like four or four and a half yeah. years. And the Spanish flu wiped out, wiped over like two million people yeah. off the face of the earth. Uh, COVID's not a million miles off. I think it's a million people have died in total. Yeah. Um, am I right or is that an over And we're number? like, we have proper hygiene standards now, lads. Come on to fuck. Do you know what I mean? Like, wear a mask, mm. wash your hands. Get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. Like, regardless of anti-vax bullshit, just please, please get vaccinated. Like... <laughs> I don't understand the anti-vax thing. I went online last night because Emma knows I had a big fight with my sister because she's yes. an anti-vaxxer. Um, and I asked her why she wasn't getting vaccinated. And she got very angry. She got super aggro. Yeah. She was, she was like, um, Sarah. Mind your business. That's none of your business. And <laughs> uh, that's none of your business. Why are you asking me that? Yeah, why are you asking me that? Because actually how it happened was I didn't go, hey, you're an anti-vaxxer. Why aren't you getting vaccinated? She said she was going to Turkey to get her teeth done. Turkey tea! And I tried my very best not to make my turkey tea joke. <laughs> and I said, okay, can you go to Turkey without having your vaccination? And she was like, uh, why are you asking me that? Uh, that's none of your business. Why are you asking me that? And I was like, sorry. She was like, uh, like that's none of your business. I don't know why you keep asking me this. And I was like, I'm just asking you if you're getting vaccinated. Can you go to another country to a dentist? And then she went to me. We're not vaccinated. She's like, uh, like, I don't know why people keep saying this. Like, you don't have to be vaccinated to get on a plane. I can get a PCR test. I know to vaccinate to get a plane. I'm just asking you. And I was like, Are you going to get vaccinated in order to travel to another country to get dental work yeah, done? Yeah, I was like, Okay. And in my head, I was like, Will they do the medical procedure if you don't want the vaccination? I don't know. I, don't, I genuinely don't know. Like, and then she was like, uh, Like, it's, I don't know why, like, you're so insistent on this. Like, she just kept going on. And I was like, I'm insistent because I don't want you to die. Mm-hmm. She's like, Yeah, well, and then I don't know what else I said. I you was said like, you wanted other people around her to be protected. I was like, I want other people to be around her to protect. I was like, I'd feel really uncomfortable being around you if you're not vaccinated. Yeah. And I'm like, I was like, if mum and dad weren't vaccinated, I was like, and I'm, I'm, Lily's not vaccinated, so I don't want Lily around you. Yeah. And then she was giving Lily a kiss and a hug, and I was like, I don't want you kissing no. Lily, or because hugging it's Lily. Just like, 
uh, cognitive dissonance with them, with anti-vaxxers as well, because in their brains they're like, I'm not getting vaccinated. So they think nothing around them should change and everybody should just accept that they're not getting vaccinated. That's fine, don't get vaccinated, but you stay the fuck away from me. Yeah, I just Stay like... the fuck away from me because what you're doing is dangerous and I don't want to be affected by it. Go hang out with your anti-vax buddies. Don't come near me. But see, they take that as offence. Oh no, and that's it. And then it was like... Um... I was like, like, what happens? Because then I was like, what happens if, like, um, she's a grandchild? I was like, what happens if he has to get vaccinated to go to school? Yeah. I was like, because you have to get vaccinated to go to school. Uh, you don't have to get vaccinated to go to school. And I was like, I'm not on about, like, the COVID vaccination. No. I was like, but I'd say that's Va- where it's heading. Yeah, and you have But to- you need to have a yeah. vaccine. And she was like, no, you don't. Yes, you and I was do. like, yeah, you do. I gave, like, I had to give Lily's vaccination passport yeah. in school for her to be, ex- like, she couldn't, go, she couldn't go to school without like, it. Why you have his BCG? Uh, I'm nearly certain, no, do you know what? Because, you know the way there's, like, a certain level of the population where they stop giving it? Because oh. it's herd immunity. Ah, okay. So I don't know if he does, he could, he, he could or he could not, I but don't he's know. he's going to get vaccines. Like, he's going to be vaccinated. Well, I don't know, because his dad's as thick as his mask, his n- nanny, so I was like, I don't know what's going on here. And he was like, uh, well, then he just won't go to school then. And I was like, well. Oh, Sarah. And then I was like, but if Lily had leukemia, you're telling me that you are absolutely fine with stopping like a sick kid from going to school because you won't won't get get vaccinated. vaccinated. Your big 40-year-old self won't get vaccinated. Like, if you had, like, if you had a kid in your classroom with an autoimmune disease... That kid can't come anymore. Because you won't get vaccinated. Because you won't get vaccinated. Rather than what you think is your kid or your unvaccinated self should be allowed to do whatever you want and therefore everybody else has to suffer. Yeah, but that is what it is. It's like their choice because they, and it's like your choice, but they're like, now they're co-opting the my body, my choice thing. Me having an abortion doesn't make you sick. You fucking dumbass. Oh, really? You have to do it. My body, my choice. Yeah, me going and having a, a, an abortion does not affect your life. No. You not getting vaccinated and making people around you sick affects their life. They're, they're so dumb. There's like, it's like there's a brick wall between intelligence and these people. Yeah, I was just like, and then I was talking to my dad about it because like, she's not talking to me now, like full not talking to me. She sent me a message say she's like I hurt her feelings we're done uh, I, hurt, I hurt her feelings by asking her to, by, she said I hurt her feelings by some of the things that I said which I was like what did I say you didn't say anything you asked her a question she got mad and when you she tried to argue with you you gave her the facts and she couldn't deal with it and left this is like a Facebook argument in real life yeah no actually that's exactly what it was that's what that is because um, then I was like because she's having like a a party and I was like well I'm not coming to that yeah uh, I was like, you're not vaccinated. No. I was like, so there's probably people that you hang around with that are not vaccinated. Course, yeah. Because if you're as not... As I say, you know when you're in your bubble? Yeah. The people in your bubble tend to be the same as you. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, I won't be coming to that. And so apparently that's what hurt her feelings. Anyway, then I was saying to my dad and I was like, this is a whole level of entitlement like I just have never mm-hmm. seen. This thing of like, my... Everyone is entitled to do whatever they want. Only... If that does not impact on other people's lives. Hurt or harm other people. And that's it. That's, and that is that's it. the be all and end all of that it. That is it. It's like, you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So if I want to have an abortion, it doesn't affect no. anybody else. Except me. Me. It just My accepts body, me. My body, I do. However, an abortion is not making if I don't want to get vaccinated, abortion. or if I don't want to get Lily vaccinated for the measles, yeah. 
that affects other people yeah. that she is going to interact with. Mm-hmm. And that's really when it's not okay so it's to like, do whatever you it's want. It's like trying to explain emotions to <clears throat> sociopaths. Yeah. Because the, if anything, this pandemic has shown me how little people care, care. about people. Yeah. How, because when I'm in a shop, I'm wearing a mask for my protection. But I'm also wearing a mask for that 85-year-old woman who's just buying a litre of milk up the way. Who could potentially get this, get this virus be dead in two days. And I, yeah, and that's and it's and it is. That's why I'm doing it. It's like I'm wearing a mask because Colin has asthma. Yeah, I'm wearing a mask because you have underlying issues. Yeah, I'm wearing a mask because you have a daughter. I'm wearing a mask because you have a father with a heart condition. I'm wearing a mask because I don't want my mum to get sick because she has a plethora of fucking problems. Yeah, like, and that's that's a thought process that they don't hear. No, they all that it's the me Mayfainers, the hard dumb boys in the Mayfainers. Yeah, that's all it is. Just me, like, me, the me, whole me, thing me, just me. like afterwards, I was like. <clears throat> One, how do you like remove yourself from your family? <laughs> and how do you deal with Macaulay Culkin and divorce? Yeah, yeah. And then two, like, is that when I said to my dad, I was like, my dad has a heart condition. Yeah. And I was like, if she, if you weren't vaccinated, because maybe you couldn't get it. Yeah. I was like, I would be, like, disgusted if she was in the house. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's like when I mean, you explain that to someone instead of them going. No, they think I'm per- like she thinks I. It's You're the problem. <clears throat> You're the problem. Yeah, but she thinks I'm personally attacking her. It's like, this isn't actually about me and you as people. No. This is just about the fact that, like, you could be carrying something. You just have... It's like like telling a person for the first time in their lives that they have to think about somebody else because they just don't. And her son was like, well, that's a you problem, isn't it? And I was like, oh my God, you are a sociopath. Sociopath. I was like, it actually... No, it's not a me problem. problem. It's a... This is a global problem. Yeah. How do you deal with this? I, I, and honestly, because I was like, the whole time it was happening, I was like... How do you deal with this? And it was like, well, why did you get the vaccine? To keep myself... And I was like, because the doctor rang me and he said, Sarah, you have to get the vaccine because you might die if you don't because I've like a multitude of things yeah. that as my sister, you have been involved in and seen. But why would they ask you why you got the vaccine? I don't, what, does that, what does that mean? Why because I think because I said to them, are, are, you not get, like, are you not going to get vaccinated? Then it was like... That's none of your business. So I think when they asked me why, I think they were expecting me to go, well, it has nothing to do with you. Where I was like, like, well, no, this is why I got vaccinated. I was like, because I want to protect myself and protect everybody else around me. That's it. That's it. And also, first of all, protect other people. Secondly, I want to be able to live my life. I want to eat in a restaurant. I want to see my family. I want to go on holidays. I want to interact with other humans. I can't do that right now because the world has changed. Yeah. The world has changed. Things have changed and we need to adapt. And it's sick and it's hard and it's shit. But like if you just think to yourself, oh wow, okay, I have to think of other people. It makes it a lot easier. But it is the amount of sociopaths in the world, and I don't use that word lightly, they are sociopaths. Because when you cannot express emotion or feelings towards other people, you're a fucking sociopath. Mm. What's wrong with, like, I don't know how you do, I just, I, I, you know what, I feel, I feel for you and I actually feel for people. I feel for you. If, in families that this shit's going on. And that's the thing, I think the other I thing really was that when I was, when I, when I came home then, because when I got in the car I was like, well. What the fuck was that like? That was like a whole thing and Graham was like, it's because she didn't have an answer. Yeah. It's because when you were like, why aren't you getting vaccinated? She was like, eh. That's what he was like, because she doesn't have a reasonable response. She's sitting on Facebook reading that bullshit that's been regurgitated by fucking idiots and believing it. 
Facebook is the worst thing. Honest mm. to God, one of the worst things that's ever happened in the world. Yeah. It is pretty bad. But yeah, I'm sorry. That's crap. And I'm sorry to anybody at the moment. Yeah, I'm sorry for anybody that has to like... And this shit is going on because it must be incredibly difficult. Like, you know, just... I'm very... I'm fucking blessed with my family, like, in that sense because we're all vaccinated and none of us are fucking anti-vaxxers, so... And that's the other thing, Greg. <laughs> then, um, Leslie was saying to me today, she was like... I was saying about, like, the whole thing and she was like to Graham, anybody in your family? And he was like, no, everybody in my family has gotten vaccinated. Yeah. And it must be hard to be like, please, 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 please just get vaccinated because I want to be able to see you. You're my sister and I love you and I want you to be able to, I want to be able to hang around with you and be around you. And I can't if you're like this because I have a fucking child. Who isn't vaccinated? Who isn't vaccinated. Like. And Lily has like little yeah, yeah. problems like with her chest and coughing and stuff. And it's like, oh, mm. get vaccinated, please. It's like, I'm not enough. I can fight yourself. Oh... My God. If you get vaccinated, we'll send you news. Um, anyway, and I was on holidays. We were in court. Yeah. She went down and sat in the caravan for a week. I'll never do it again. <laughs> you will. You had a great time. Uh, I just need a bigger caravan. Do you know what I need? I look big. No, Emma. I need a caravan that has a big toilet. Yeah, the toilet. Is there such a thing? Yeah, I presume so. Not in West Cork where they're all killing each other. Kevin, when we went to the first day, it was Bank Holiday Monday. Yeah. Kevin said he needed bread. Yeah. Went to the shop. Yeah. And the fella just laughed him. Why? Because he can get bread? No. Oh, this place is like... Oh, the middle of nowhere. Like, it's like an island. Yeah. And anyway, he was like, a, um, I got any bread. And he was like, bread of a Monday. <laughs> Are you mad, sir? He said, uh, there's some rolls in the corner. You'll help yourself. That's bread. crazy. Oh, well, bank holiday Monday. But you had a nice time though, right? Yeah, we had a really good time. But a caravan life is not for me. I'm just like, I'm not a camper. No, I'm not a camper either. I know that about myself. I'm I know that about that. myself too. It's like I'm not a camper. But I thought the caravan would be okay. I'm not a camper. I'm not a hiker. I'm none of those things. What I need is I need a mobile home. Oh, that'd be cute. Not a caravan. Yeah. Um, it's just probably a space thing as well. Like being cramped up like that can be quite difficult, you know? Yeah, and the sleeping arrangements. That's yeah. going to kill Lily. See, that's it as well, yeah. It's hard. Mommy, it's so dark. But like... Is it? Is it? <laughs> the fucking middle of nowhere. We're in West Cork. Ian Bailey is outside the window. Ian Bailey. Yeah, we're literally like down reciting, there. Reciting poetry to you. Yeah, yeah full of like absolute hippies with money. Yeah. Hippie dippies. Hippies with money. The hippies with that like... We should have never gave you hippies money. It is, it's like <clears> all those <throat> kind of like arty hippie types that have loads of money and then decide to just go live in West Cork. Yeah, no, they're... West Cork. Tons of, like, art, like, art gallery, like, their house, a sign outside, art gallery. Yeah, art gallery in their graphs, like. What? And you go in and it's just a blue fish. Yeah, you're like, Blue ceramic, ceramic fish. What? They love a blue ceramic oh, fish. Oh, a blue ceramic do. fish. They or, love um, a blue ceramic <clears throat> fish. Some abstract, uh, painting. Painting, yeah. Yeah. And then they expect you to buy it. They're yeah. like, this is, what, 4,000 pounds? Yeah. No, they'd all be, like, already. 150, 180 mm, euro. Right, love. Like your grant. Your grant. By the time I die and you die, you still won't be worth any money. Just tat from the country. I did not go on holidays. No. No. I've done nothing. Have I done nothing? No. Did I go anywhere? No. Uh, no. Did you not book anything? Uh, go to Paris with you. Paris. Gay Paris. We are very excited about Paris. Even though our, our flight got changed from one o'clock in the day to six o'clock in the morning. So I don't want to talk about it. So I don't know why I keep bringing it up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about the day before can we just change our flight to the day sure. before and go late at night sure we can have a look fucking stupid cunts I know people who did, like I don't understand people that go to the airport that time yeah, it's very if early. you were going to work I'd still be like I'll get 
Duck on her like four. <laughs> Six o'clock in the morning is incredibly early to be on stuff in airport. Be like, oh, I mean, because we have to be there for what, like five or something? Then? I don't know. Half was it an five. hour before? Half five. No, Sarah. <laughs> no. Half five, we're not checking when any people, bags. When people do Are that, you taking a bag? Yeah, I'm taking a bag, yeah. Checked in? No, in the thing. All right, you know, so we can uh, just get there at five. No, we have to check in our bags now. Because you can't bring uh, luggage in the overheads anymore. They're making you check in 10 for kgs. For COVID? Don't know, for Aer Lingus. They're making you check in 10 kg bags. So we have to check in our bag. Yeah, we have to check in our bag. I actually don't want to take any part in this whatsoever. <laughs> I think we should get the boat. You know what you do? I'll go get, I'll just come get you. Don't think. I'll bring your bag. Just close your eyes and walk. It'd be grand. Fucking stupid bastards. It'd be grand. I hate getting up for an early flight. I know. There's those people that love it. But I do you not like. Fucking hate it. Do you not like just getting it out of the way? No, because I feel like shy. Yeah, you're like, right. I feel you're like wrecked for the rest of the day. Fucking wrecked. And then yeah. I feel like when I get sick on a plane, it's worse. Yeah. Because I haven't eaten properly. But you're not going to get sick on the plane. Absolutely. What are you talking no. about? No! This We're is not, not some psychosomatic bullshit. We're it's not, not that my brain goes, I'm afraid of flying, you're going to troll. I'm going to order. My brain goes, do you I'm know gonna, you've been slowly poisoned? I'm going to order some sick bags for us. Some proper sick you bags. get some Dramamine. Get some Dramamine. Get Helen sent us over Dramamine. Helen sent us Dramamine. Uh, I see Brenda's here. Brenda is home. Sorry, people are like, who the fuck are these people? My cousin Brenda is home, Emma's yeah. cousins that live in New York. They're home. She's home. See her mama and papa. It's funny how uh, she can come here but we're not allowed to go there. Yeah, isn't it bizarre? Americans can come over here willy nilly, and Biden's like, "You're not allowed to come into our country." Too busy taking a video of Afghanistan. What is that about? I had to text Flavio today and say, "Tell me to stop reading the news." Yeah, I'm on the verge. Yeah, I'm on the everything. Everything is a nightmare. Everything is a fucking nightmare. He's not taking a translator. Yeah, it's just they're all gonna die. And my fear for the women and children in that country right now, like, is, and, is uh, off the fucking. The Taliban terrorists. were like, um, if you show remorse for what you did, mm-hmm. we won't go. We won't torture you. Sure we'll kill you. Horrible. Uh, I'm trying to figure out ways to help. I don't know. I, I'm trying all morning to try, and then I was like, I have to stop reading the news. <laughs> because What's I'm your actually telling you about the news. Stop reading the news. Oh, every time. Stop reading the news. My old therapist used to try and trick me. She asked me questions about, and I'd be able to answer them. She was like, "Why are you reading that?" And I'm like, "We got it every day." It was not my phone. Yeah, no, I just have been reading horrible. Uh, everything is a nightmare. There's so much awful things happening. It's great. And now we're not that, talking about did anymore. You see that guy in Plymouth? That is like there's one article about it. It's horrific. Uh, it's horrific. He's a complete insult. All his videos were literally about him hating women and how he was going to make women pay. And he shot a three-year-old. Shot a three-year-old child. He shot two two women, I believe. Yeah. Three-year-old baby. Then just went into a park and just shot a man and two old people and killed himself. Because he felt like he wasn't getting what he needed out of women. They weren't fucking him. Entitled to. Yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, everything's so awful and um, just don't, well, do read the news because you've got to keep informed and then when you read the news you're like, I don't know how to help. What do I do? What do I do? Is there an opposite to incel? Is there a female version? It's called having common sense. No, but is there, like, is there a female, like, is there a version where I can go and just do what men do? Me! <laughs> like, and start, like, a Reddit channel yeah. about it. Yeah, like, yeah, I'll be like, hey, this man won't fuck me so I'm going to yeah. shoot him. But you know why? What the fuck? Never, because if I had, no matter what the man, whatever man I've ever, like, even if they didn't find me attractive, hey, do you want to have sex? Yeah, cool. They're like, yeah, you have a vagina? Yeah. You've got a hole there? You'd like me to put it in it? Okay, cool. It's fine. 
Let's tell me and grandma. How many holes? Two. I only want one used. <laughs> but it, 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 only it, one's available. It is. Uh, when you go when you go go down that rabbit hole of insult stuff, it's um, mm. beyond beyond frightening. Uh, just don't do the read the news, but don't read the news. But also, uh, I don't know. Okay, this has been a happy hour with Emma. So Emma having five existential crises in about half an hour this morning. I, I don't know how to help the people of Afghanistan. I don't know how to help the people of Haiti. I don't know what to do about incels. Is there anything else you have to I don't, I don't know. I can't help anybody. Well, you've done nothing with your life. Nothing with Achieved life. nothing. Achieved nothing. You're, do, you're going back to college. We did a history course. What are you doing? We did a history course. Art history course. We did a history course. What do you do with the art history course? I just sit there and read about it. No, no, no. Like, what do you want to do after you've got it? Absolutely none. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> just want to be like... I thought it was that. like a stepping stone no, into like, something. It's a bit of crack. I have I'm going to go work in a gallery. My tutor's name is David. Okay. He's Did famous. you see that too, that guy in America, the accountant teacher, that gave his um, class, you know the word you're doing them over Zoom? What oh, was it, the potato? That's the potato! It was the best thing ever! So good! And he was like, I can't log, I can't click out of this because it knocks off the Zoom, so I have to stay as a potato. Yeah. I was like, that's not true, you just wanted yeah. to stay as a potato. <laughs> but did you see the bit where he was like, I'm just going to check in with my family? No! No, did you not see someone? I'm going to check in with my family, and it was like, a, the screenshot behind him was like, baked potatoes no. cooked. And he was like, no! <laughs> <laughs> that's good news yeah no you were so funny that's really good news okay mm. that's nice good news is I didn't die Sarah didn't die she survived her crash uh, my car is who knows where it is or what's going on with it I think she's going to be okay I, I think, think she's, she's going to be gonna fine they're going to fix her and bring her back I said that I'm like the million dollar man but we don't want to spend a lot of money we don't want to spend a lot five of money. euro max <laughs> max max <laughs> uh, I pay the excess on me <laughs> and that's it that's it um, no, I think they'll bring her back. I think she'll be okay. I think they'll fix her up. Do you think so? Yeah, I like that little car. Although that car, is, that car is so fancy. My car? The new one. The one you've downstairs. The new one. Oh, the new one looks like, like a... I feel like I'm in Batman. Yeah, the new one looks like a it's Batman cool. car. Well, Graham, Graham said it doesn't have heated seats. And I was like, why would this car not have heated seats? Oh, because it's not like... So my car is like the... Um higher like package level oh so like okay. that car you could get heated seats but you have to pay like more money okay, extra, I guess um, and the other thing that that car doesn't have which I don't understand is letters like like all my cars what kind of seats do it's just like material ones which oh. is not wrong with but just when you've got like a fucking six year old you need letter seats um, um, but yeah I was like oh this is so sexy this car it's a very fancy it's car it's a very fancy car I like it's it. an Opel Insignia 2019 um, it's a rental do we have any housekeeping? Housekeeping? Yeah. I would just like to say thanks to all the people that messaged. Yeah, loads of people messaged on Instagram Janine well. Nagel. She's got a t-shirt made. Staunch English woman. That's what she's got a t-shirt made. Oh, is she? Staunch <laughs> English name. Staunch English name. Yeah, all the people that messaged us to say, ask how I was. Yeah, and everybody to say, on Instagram is so kind as well. So um, Emma so didn't do what I asked. What I do? I asked you to set up a GoFundMe. I am not saying called it. Pray for Sarah. No, Sarah. Uh, Unless I can give the money to charity. What do you mean? I am a charity. <laughs> I've got no pelvis. It's in you seven do have bits. A pelvis. It's just a it's bit. in seven bits floating around my body. <laughs> um, but what yeah. else is wrong with me? I've got bruised kidneys. I need this money. You've got a little dis dis. What's this word? Dislocated. Dislocated. Um, it's not dislocated anymore. Which one is it? Sorry. This one. This one, sorry. It's not dislocated anymore, but it was sore. It is very sore today. You've got sore foot. Got ligament damage in my ankle. Ligament damage in your ankle. I've got a sore voice box. Oh yeah, your which voice is why my voice, voice so uh, sounds odd. And I've got a sore diaphragm, which is why I sound like a can't breathe. 
That's the thing you used to sing. <gasps> that thing. He has oh. risen from the dead and he is Lord. That's your diaphragm. That was good. Diaphragm's like we did a little uh, a harmony. Little harmony there. Like a little religious one. Yeah, but that's we're working on new merch. Um, the Patreon is still going if anybody wants to join. It's mur- uh, patreon.com for slash murder most Irish. See, Colin? I can flog shit. Uh, it's six euro a month. We do things like say really offensive shit that we can't say in the main podcast because too many people listen. Who said? Um, would like, we say some pretty <laughs> offensive shit. Uh, you'll get MMI drivers that, well, not anymore. Oh, you'll get something. You'll MMI, MMI, dri- MMI drivers is, is on hold for the moment, uh, which is where Serial Journey Unless Graham will drive us around and we sit in the back. Oh my god. Great idea. Who look, look after Lily? What do you mean who look? Colin. No. Grand, two of them look after yeah, each other. Yeah, great time together. Right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we do bite size, which is little little stuff. We do lots of things. We do the bag. We do the mail bag, which is us uh, answering your burning questions and comments. Have we got one this um, month? I'm not sure, actually. We're we doing the music? This week, I'm not sure if the column's doing this week. He has something organised, but Ooh. we're going to do everything when you're feeling a bit better. Everything will be a little bit slower at the moment, just until Sarah feels better. And then, um, we'll be back up and running. But yes, that's all my, that's all my things. Okay, well done. I don't have anything else. Bye. Not story. He's story. Gonna, he's going to put in the ad here. Attention feminists. Murder Most Irish merchandise available now from teespring.com. Plain boring old tea's getting you down. Hey, buddy, does your honey scream funny, duddy? Spruce up your wardrobe with brand new and improved MMI apparel exclusively from teespring.com. Don't be a mug. Buy one of ours. Like to steal things? Conceal your identity at the local shop and go with a kooky face mask. Be the swingingest crazy bag lady on the block with our organic totes. Murder most Irish merchandise at teespring.com for all your murder feminist needs. Teespring.com is a third-party company. All stock manufacturing, purchases and refunds are handled exclusively by them. Any queries should be directed to www.teespring.com. So my story this week is about the murder of Rachel Keeley. And I got my information from the Irish Times, from Press Reader, from The Independent, The Irish Examiner. Uh, there's nothing on Wikipedia, I don't think. What's Press Reader? Press Reader is, basically you can go on Press Reader and read all the old articles from like newspapers from years and years and years ago. Do you have to pay? No, it's free. That's cool. Press Reader's a great website. Uh, McGill.ie and... You fucking love McGill. I love McGill. I feel like an old, an old person when I'm on McGill. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's more interesting. Uh, so yeah, they're everything. Whenever you say McGill.ie and you're on it, I always think of, you know, the guy who does the ad for the Phoenix? Yes. I always think this week in the Phoenix. Yeah, I always think of that. Isn't that that guy that does the TV show? Or TV? No, no, it's not. No, it's not much. I always think it's the. I always think it's Vincent Brown. It's not Vincent Brown. He's dead now, is he not? Vincent Brown. I just made that up. Oh shit! Let me Google. It's Vincent Brown dead. No, he's still alive. He's just old. What's his net worth? Take a guess. McGill. No, Vincent Brown started in McGill, did he not? What's the Vincent Brown's net worth? Twelve million. Jesus, Vincent Brown haulage, no. Vincent Brown. Net worth? Net worth. 8 to 12. Okay, here we go. 5 million. Oh, I was wrong. He put his beloved house up for sale. Because it, it was too costly back in 2010. Okay. He's a fucking cheap cunt then, isn't he? <laughs> 
fucking five million in the bank and he can't pay the <laughs> easy gas. <laughs> Vincent, get your shit together. Um, yeah, okay, so my story, as I said, is about Rachel Keeley. This is, there's mentions of rape in the story. Um, it's not graphic, I don't go into detail, but rape and assault and obviously murder. So just in case you need to skip it out shit, feel free. Um, so on Thursday, October 26, 2000, at around 5.30pm, Rose Keeley heard a faint scratching at her front door. She opened it and her daughter Rachel's two dogs were standing there. Rachel had taken them for a walk about an hour previously and they'd seemingly returned home without her. Was that normal? No. Oh. Rose called out for Rachel and she walked around to the back of the house thinking Rachel may have dropped the dogs at the door or maybe walked around to do something. Uh, Rose called her name again but there was still no answer. Rose knew there was something wrong. Rose and her daughter Elizabeth left the house immediately to follow the trail that Rachel would take each time she went for a walk. As she and her daughter walked by the old ruins in Balancholic Regional Park, panicked and terrified something had happened to Rachel, they met their neighbour Ian Horgan leaving the park. Rachel he and did it! Rachel and Elizabeth said hi to him and he saluted them back. Rose would later say, quote, but he didn't look me in the eye. I thought it was odd that he didn't look at me. He had this look of almost excitement in his eyes. Rose and Elizabeth continued to search for Rachel, but to no avail, and at 7pm they called the Gardaí to report Rachel missing. Less than an hour after calling the Gardaí, a friend of the Keeley family was walking their dog in the same park Rachel visited most days. As they walked towards the brambles off the beaten track, they saw a body laying face down covered in leaves. It was oh my Rachel. God. One of the, like, her mum's best friends found her in the park. John and Rose Keeley lived in Inishmore Estate in Balancholic County Cork, where they raised their four children, three boys and a girl. Their daughter Rachel was born in 1978 and her family and friends described her as a sweet, kind, beautiful girl who was devout to her religion. The Keeleys belonged to the Jehovah Witnesses and Rachel was very involved in the local congregation. Rachel decided to train to become a beautician as she knew this career would allow extra time for her still to do work with the church and hopefully to become a missionary in other countries. Rachel doted on her dogs and would take them for daily walks along the walkway, walkway in the scenic Balancholic, Balancholic Park. It's Balancholic, isn't it? Mm -hmm. it? Yeah. Tragically, it was here that Rachel would meet her fate. That's terrible. Uh, I think I've been in Balancholic Park. Yeah, well, I've been in Balancholic. I'm pretty sure Colic. I've been in the park in Balancholic. And I text you. What are you doing there? With Yvonne. I'm, I'm feeling. I'm nearly it's sure I've been in the park. But I know we went to this park that was quite a way. I'll ask her again, but I'm nearly sure I've been there. Did she say yeah or no? I, t I didn't text her. I'll text her. Oh, okay. So, hey, Vaughn. Hey, Vaughn. So when 22-year-old Rachel's body was found, emergency services told her family that Rachel was already dead. The Guardian immediately launched a murder investigation. Rachel's family, along with the entire Jehovah Witness community, were utterly devastated by Rachel's cruel and brutal murder. Rachel's funeral took place in Cork City on Tuesday the 31st of October. People from all religious backgrounds attended to pay their respects to the 22-year-old. Ian Horgan, the 16-year-old boy Rose Keeley had come upon the 16. park when looking for Rachel, was also in attendance. At the 16? 16 years old. The Guardi began their investigation and they asked for any information uh, than anyone would have if any had been in the park, anyone had been near the park at the time of Rachel's dis disappearance, or if they'd heard anything regarding her murder from the locals in the area. Because you know, people, they were talking, they were chatting, they were gossiping, they were gossiping. Do a Cork accent. Oh, now you put me on the floor. Come on. 
How does my sister sound? I'm allergic! Your sister does sound like that. I'm allergic! How's it going, girl? I'm absolutely allergic. I'm skitting. I'm allergic. Skitting? <laughs> skitting means laughing. Oh, we were skitting and we were allergic. Oh, no. <laughs> That's what she always says. Oh. She says mammy as well. She says mammy. Mammy. <laughs> uh, it's so funny. Her husband is from Cork. He's lived in Cork his entire life. He like, was born there. And his accent's not that strong. But when his family ring him, Holy shit. Is it thick? Oh my god, it's like a different person. He's like, I'm Linda, right? Bye, yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck is Barry saying? How's it going, boy? Barry is really. Yeah, no, he is. very easy to understand. Yeah. But the second he's on the phone. Do you not get that there's like three different types of Cork accent, right? Oh, yeah. So the first one is that one that your sister has. Yeah. So how's it going, girl? Oh, um, and then there's the sing songy one, which is the one down in West Cork. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. Which is very up and down, and it's like, Bread. It's like that guy that the when you if you watch the Sophie just gone to Pontier, it's the the sergeant and that that's his accent. Yeah. He's like yeah. Yeah. up and down. Yeah. Um, and then there's people who have money from Cork. I don't think and, I've heard of. Oh money my god, this girl I work with, and like she doesn't even sound like she's from Cork. She got that. Money. And her entire all of her family sound like that. So Dr. John Harbison conducted a three-hour scrutiny of the scene the night Rachel was found before performing a post-mortem examination, examination ugh, can't speak, on the re remains of Cork University Hospital. Harbison concluded that Rachel had been raped. She was then manually strangled after the rape had taken place. The post-mortem showed, quote, more than one compression of the neck and, quote, ample evidence of violence to it. Dr. Harbison concluded that whoever had attacked Rachel had a, quote, intention to kill. So it wasn't like they were trying to like shut up if they were trying to kill her. Oh. So keep that in mind. Gardy, this will show you this country. Gardy conducted door-to-door -door inquiries along with speaking to any men in the area with a history of sexual assault. Which, by the way, was a lot. Oh, really? Yes. How many? A lot. Was there semen found on yes. her? The Gardy conducted over 500 interviews and at the start of November, Gardy told the media that they would be requesting DNA samples from a number of men to compare to DNA samples that were found in Rachel. On November 10th, news broke that there had been an arrest made for Rachel's murder. The shock that resonated through the small town was palpable when it was confirmed that a 16-year-old person was arrested. That's shocking. None more shocked were Rachel's parents. They knew this boy. Rose regularly waved at him and his girlfriend as they passed her window. He was a neighbour. Rose had seen him in the park on the evening of Rachel's disappearance, but had not asked him if he had seen Rachel as she was afraid she would seem paranoid and upset him. That boy was Ian Horgan. He walked past Rachel's mother after he had raped and murdered her. Minutes after he had raped and murdered her. He walked past her. And she said hi to him. How fucked up is that? That's so messed up. Yeah. Here, uh, off topic. Jehovah's yeah. Witnesses in Cork, is there many? No, it's a really small community. That's right. Well, this was 2000, so I don't know if it's increased by them, but they were like, there weren't, weren't many of them. Oh, it's a long time ago now. But there's like a picture of her. I found. And she's... Jehovah's Witness at the end like the long skirt the uh, long yeah. like just you know are girls that would be missionaries in the Jehovah's yeah, Witness? yeah I've yeah. never had a girl it's always been uh, boys no girls are allowed to be missionaries they come in the, the, the suit trousers the yeah, white hat and the red they used tie to so funny Jehovah's Witnesses always used to come to my granny's house and she would take the Watchtower magazines just because she was like my mum's like nice, that they're nice guys yeah. so I'm not going to be rude to them I'm not going to yeah my mum uh, I, I, I was reading that magazine when I was very young and I was like what's this about but I would read it because it was in the you were in so that night, Horgan, who at the time could not be named due to his age because he was only 16, but you know small town areas, everybody knew everybody knew immediately, was charged with the rape and murder of Rachel Keeley. When the charges were brought before him, he did not respond. So on the 1st of May 20, 
nope, 1st of May 2000, the trial for Rachel Keeley's murder began. It will run for 26 days over seven weeks. The court, heard, seven weeks. the court heard the details of Rachel's last day and of Horrigan's behaviour before and after Rachel's murder. Horrigan was now 18, so he could be publicly named. The court was told that from the age of 14, Horrigan's behaviour began to deteriorate. He had been dismissed from school for bad behaviour and was in trouble with the Gardaí for lack of tax and insurance on a motorbike that he owned. It's so funny because they asked his dad about him being dismissed from school and he was like, he wasn't dismissed, they just said it'd be best for him not to be there. So same thing? Same thing, sir. Come on to fuck. That's what the nun said to my man. <laughs> it'd be best if she's not here. He said, We're not saying get rid of her, but just, you know, think he about said, it. We think she's the leader of a cult. <laughs> get and, we just don't think uh, hair is the best place for her. I would, honest to God, like if I had been that age in school because I was such a nerd, I would have been devastated. Devastated if somebody said that to me. That you were the leader of a cult? No, that they didn't want me in the fucking school. Oh, okay. I was, I cried. Of course. But then I was also slightly proud. <coughs> I actually wasn't Fuck slightly you. proud. I was very proud. Sister I was like, a fucking cult. You're dead bleeding, yeah. right? <laughs> the cult of, I don't know what I call my cult. I don't know what you call a cult. What would you call it? Cult of cunts. Cult of cunts. Uh, Horgan's then girlfriend, 16-year-old Sharon McGann, was called as a witness. She tried to give evidence to his defence, but it began to fall apart almost immediately. Because they were children. Sharon told the court that that Saturday evening before the murder, she and Ian had 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 an argument in the park. As she ran away from him, upset, he followed her and grabbed her, telling her, quote, there's somebody watching you. And I said, where? And he said, over on the left-hand side there in the corner. I had heard noises before, like twigs breaking. I was, fri- I was frightened. So this is what they told the guardie, okay? What? So she said to the guardie that the Saturday before Rachel's murder, she was in the park with Ian and her boyfriend and they had a big fight and she was running away. And then he ran after and was like, stop, don't go, stay with me. There's somebody watching you. So they were insinuating there was a man in the park. Are you serious? Yeah. So when Gardy had interviewed Ian, his version of the story differed. So they interviewed them separately. So they obviously concocted the story and couldn't stick to it. So with no mention of an argument and no mention of him seeing anyone in the park, he just said he heard noises. He said they then sat, to, then sat down at the park gates and talked. So these were the two stories that they given. It seems that Ian and Sharon had tried to concoct a story with the insinuation that somebody had been in the park and it could have been whoever attacked Rachel. So they were trying to say some creepy dude was hanging around with the park, but they're children, so couldn't keep their story straight. Yeah. Um, but because they were both 16 and dumb as a bag of rocks, it didn't work. It just didn't work because they were probably like, you just tell him that you saw someone in the park and then I saw someone in the park and it was nice. And then we just, they just couldn't keep together. Yeah, I'd say it is hard to keep a story together. Especially when you're 16. Like. I'd be able to do it because I'm a great liar. <laughs> the guardie told the court, court that they had visited Ian's house during their door-to-door inquiries two days after Rachel's murder. Ian told them that he wasn't in the park at the time and had barely known Rachel. The guardie then received various reports that Ian had in fact been seen in the park and near the park at the time of Rachel's attack. He said it all just fuck our fucking man. Yeah. So when the guardie questioned Ian as to why he had lied about being in the park, so this was his story, he had told them that he had been riding a motorbike with tax and insurance, without tax and insurance, and was concerned if the guardie had found out he could go to prison. So he, this is how he was trying to explain why he was in oh, the park. Okay. He had already received a warning weeks previously for the same issue. Ian told the guardie he had told his friends to tell the guardie that he did not have his bike and he was not in the park. So he was trying to get rope his friends into this. They had agreed, they were like, Grand will tell the guardie you were in the park, until they realised Horgan may have been trying to cover up something much worse. So when they heard that Rachel died, they were like, well, like he, he was in the park. 
uh, four of Ian's friends took the stand and told the court that Ian arrived to one of their homes at 6.30pm on the evening of Rachel's murder. They said he seemed normal and it had acted as though nothing was wrong and they watched television. What a fucking psychopath. <clears throat> an hour and a half before Ian's visited his friend's house, he had been in the park. An old babysitter of Ian's, Neve Cotter, testified that she'd seen him. Horgan stood waiting for Rachel Keeley, having seen her take her two dogs out for a walk, so this is what happened. He stood at an old ruin named the Watch House, and when she walked past, he grabbed her and dragged her inside. Rachel's baseball cap was later found outside. It was here that Horgan raped Rachel. He then grabbed Rachel by the throat and squeezed several times. Ian Horgan meant to kill Rachel Keeley. Horgan then dragged Rachel's body some 25 metres to an undergrowth, placed her in the fetal position and covered her in leaves and briars. John Harbison stated that Rachel had, quote, died violently. 16 years old. Why? 16 years old. No one knows. Never gave a reason. Horgan then went to his friend's house, watched TV, and as one friend said, acted completely normal. He raped and murdered this girl, dumped her body, said hi to her man, then went to his friend's house to watch television. That's insane. Yeah. Dr. Maureen Smith told the court how she had found semen samples on Rachel's body and it had been then that the Guardi had began asking men for DNA samples around the area. Did he give a sample willingly? Not knowing that Horrigan had been lying about his whereabouts, they didn't know at the time, the Guardi requested a sample from Horrigan. He then told the Guardi he was afraid of needles. The Guardi told Horrigan he could give a sample through saliva and hair and he agreed. When the samples were tested, Ian Horgan's DNA was a match for the samples found in Rachel Keeley's body and he was arrested that night. Strong DNA and fibre evidence placed Horgan not only in the park, but at Rachel's body. So this is from the Irish Times. Uh, quote, analysis of fibres showed that green, blue and brown acrylic fibres found in the grey fleece jacket Rachel Keeley was wearing at the time of her death match fibres sorry, from Horgan's jumper. Four red acrylic fibres on her fleece also matched a red arsenal hat Ian Horgan left close to his motorbike in the park. So all of his clothes fibres were on her. Oh God. Wait to hear this. Ian Horgan's defence team, led by Mr Blaze O'Carroll, tried to challenge the DNA evidence, stating that the prosecution was, quote, blinded by science. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this motherfucker. Do yourself a favour and Google Blaze O'Carroll. Blaze. Blaze. B-L-A-I-S-E. Blaze. No. He looks like the Crypt Keeper. Uh, O'Carroll and his team tried to argue that the DNA samples could have been incorrectly resealed, leading to the results pointing to Horgan. Like, did Horgan take a trip down to the lab and accidentally spit in one of the test tubes and then they sealed it up? The prosecution, led by Mr. J.P. McCarthy, argued that the issue of contamination was a red herring thrown in to throw off the jury, which is exactly what it was. Uh, Ian Horgan's mother also took the stand. Irish mammies! Stephen. This blinded by science. Blinded. I want that on a t-shirt with blinded by science written on me. If anybody asks me like it's a band. <laughs> um, Ian Horgan's mother took the stand. She told the court after the guardie had visited their house during the door-to-door inquiries that Ian the t- told her he was worried about getting in trouble with the guardie for riding his bike in the park without tax and insurance. Ian told his mother that he wanted to leave the area because he did not want to go to jail over this. Uh, Mrs. Horgan had told him not to do this as it may look like he actually did have something to do with Rachel's murder. Because he did! Ian had left anyway. He decided to go to Kilkenny and stay with a girl he had met a number of years ago in Mosney. He's 16! Like... Who is this? It's like... 
the fonz, but on crack. I don't know what's going. He's sixteen, riding motorbikes, going to meet girls from Mosny. I don't understand. Like Mosny. he's a child. Mosny. Mrs. Horgan called the guards immediately, as her son was a minor and had run away. So the guardie caught up with him and brought him back to his family. Was he on drugs? I don't know. Mrs. Horgan told the court that she was sure Ian had nothing to do with Rachel's murder. His semen was inside of her. Blinded by science. <laughs> Ian maintains throughout his trial that he did not know Rachel. Yes, he did. And that the last time he had seen her before the murder was months previously, which is a lie. Uh, how did his semen get inside her? Did he answer that? No. Nope. Horgan's defence team maintained that the forensic evidence was probably tampered with and this seemed to be their entire argument. How did the semen get in her body? Oh, it was probably just tampered. The, ev- the evidence was tampered with. That was their entire argument. What? Blinded by science was Did they have any proof of tampering? None. None. Like, and th- that lady that had found that was like, this is a ridiculous thing. This could have, could have happened, but it didn't happen. Why would anybody temper his, his uh, samples specifically? Why would anybody do that? So Horgan's defense, yeah, sorry, the jury didn't agree. And on Tuesday, June 18th, uh, they returned with their verdict. Ian Horgan was found guilty of Rachel Keeley's murder and rape and was sentenced to life in prison. Rose Keeley spoke to the press after the verdict and said the family were relieved at the outcome and could now try to get on with their lives. Sure, re- like the whole thing is really sad, but they live right beside this family. Yep, literally their neighbours. She would wave to him when he was walking down the road with his girlfriend. She'd be like, hey. And she said hi to him in the park and didn't want to ask him if he'd seen Rachel because she was afraid she'd be like, look paranoid and upset him because he's a child. So she, Mrs. Keeley said, we have obtained a measure of justice for our daughter, Rachel. The only comfort I was able to take on that night was that the guardy told me they placed a tent over Rachel and six of them watched over her. Mm. God love them. On January 22nd, 2006, Ian Horgan uh, applied for leave to repeal. Ian Horgan's conviction was overturned on the grounds that the jury were not told that forensic science is not infallible. Sorry? Yeah. Apparently not telling them that meant that they could overturn the entire conviction. In February 2006, Horgan's retrial began under Justice Barry White, who we don't like anymore. Horgan was now pleading manslaughter instead of rape and murder. What? Rachel's mother had to testify again, because Ian Horgan is a fucking piece of garbage who couldn't admit what he did. That woman had to get up and testify again. How is it manslaughter now? Dr. John Harbison could not attend the trial due to suffering from Alzheimer's. That's a Dr. Mary Cassidy attended instead. Yay! She gave her evidence based on photographs from the scene and the autopsy report. She concluded that Rachel had been held in an arm lock, which led to strangulation and her death. This is where manslaughter came in. She said headlock. And they said, oh, so he was just trying to like get her to keep quiet while he was dragging her away. And Dr. John Harbison said, no. Her throat was held by a hand various times to get her to stop breathing. So this is where the disconnect happened. The jury then decided that Horgan had not murdered murdered Rachel Keeley, but instead this was a case of manslaughter. Justice Barry White admitted that the absence of John Harbison and uh, and Cassidy stating that Rachel was in fact put in a headlock and not necessarily strangled could be the reason the jury agreed to a manslaughter charge. Barry White handed in a sentence of eight years to Horgan with four and a half of those suspended due to time already spent in jail. Horgan showed no emotion as the sentence was announced. Rachel's family were disappointed and outraged and the general public were also outraged. The DPP brought forward an appeal due to what they described as unnecessary lenience. 
In 2007, he had his sentence increased from 8 to 12 years after the Court of Criminal Appeal agreed that the, with the DPP that the original sentence was unduly lenient. Rachel's family said they felt relief at the extended sentence. So, this is why the Irish judicial system is fucked. Wait till you hear about this motherfucker. Whilst out in jail in, out in bail in 2005, Horgan was arrested and charged with robbery and unlawful taking of a car at a post office in the west of Cork. During the robbery, the elderly owners of the post, Ted and Mary, were tied up in their own kitchen and threatened with a fucking slash hook. Horgan was immediately placed back in jail. This is before he got done for manslaughter. This is before they changed it to manslaughter. Why, he was out? He was out on bail. For that? For that. Robbed the post office, then went back into jail. Horgan was immediately placed back in jail. In July 2007, whilst in jail for Rachel's murder, Horgan was sentenced to a further four years for the robbery to be served after the completion of his sentence for Rachel. Yeah. Horgan then appealed this sentence and won. How? Because the guardie did not have a valid warrant to search his property at the time of the robbery. He was sent to, his sentence was reduced to four years. So when they went to search his property to try and find the slash hook, apparently this, oh, a, search valid wasn't, a search warrant wasn't valid. In November 2013, this is, what's March, what's three from 11? Eight? Well Eight months later, a register, he's a registered sex offender now, right? So yeah. he's a, was released from prison where it was reported he was living with his girlfriend, Teresa O'Neill, whose brother Thomas had been convicted and jailed for his involvement in a vicious gang, gang rape in Cratlow Woods in Clare in 2014 when he was 16. This is from the Irish Times. Within days of his release, Horgan, who was being closely monitored as a registered sex offender, was stopped by Gardaí as he travelled in the car with child sex attacker Joseph Finnerty. What? This is all while he's out. The two were stopped together on three separate occasions, with Gardaí sources at the time quoted as being extremely concerned to see the two men keeping company. So his girlfriend, her brother was a rapist, and then uh. he was hanging around with a child rapist. Just hanging around with rapists. Just hanging around with rapists, because he is a fucking rapist. In the same month in 2013, Sean's shop in Limerick was robbed by a man who jumped the counter burnishing a knife. The thief fled but left behind a scarf and Horgan's DNA was found. He was jailed for five years with the last being suspended. Horgan was then released in December 2016 but due to a tip-off, the McCroom Drugs Unit did a search of his That's property. That's three years. Yeah, he got, you know, he got, he was obviously a time spent as well, so he got it. Horgan was released in December 2016, but due to a tip-off in the McCroom Drugs Unit, they did a search of his property where Horgan was living and found €3,000 worth of heroin in a bedside locker. Imposing a sentence of two years and three months, with the last six months suspended, Judge Gerard O'Brien described Horgan's list of previous convictions as somewhat alarming. Somewhat. In December 2018, just after being released, Horgan was in court again, this time for a knife point robbery in Mallow County Cork. The judge handed in a six-term sentence, but sorry, uh, suspended the final two. On June 4th of this year, Horgan was in court again, where he pleaded not guilty to breaching the Sex Offenders Act by going on the dating app Tinder under an alias. Jesus Christ. Quote, Mr. Horgan is alleged to have gone on the dating app Tinder uh, under the alias of Keen, which he had not disclosed to the guardie. Detective Sergeant Mulcahy said at his court appearance he failed to not notify guardie of his use of this name. Judge McDulty remained uh, Horgan on bail until the date of the hearing. And this was only June of this year, so ha he hasn't been in court yet. He's on Tinder. He's on Tinder using an alias. 
Rachel Keeley's family have remained incredibly private throughout this entire ordeal. Do you know what? If he had just been locked up, like he should be, Lock. none of this would have happened. At this point, I feel like you cannot rehabilitate this man. You cannot rehabilitate him. He is, not only is he... He's shown no remorse. He's hanging out with child rapists. And... And all these women are, the amount of girlfriends he has. This, one of his girlfriends, just before he got arrested for the heroin, apparently was on Facebook being like, can't wait till he gets out. We're missing him. Back to being a family together. Man, he is a rapist. And keeps attacking people. Yeah. And is insane. No, actually, I won't say he's insane. I'll just say he's a fucking psychopath. Yeah. <sighs> Rachel Healy's family have remained private throughout the entire ordeal. But I kind of begin to imagine what it is like to watch the man who violently and cruelly took the life of their daughter and sister continue to wreak havoc and face very little consequence for it. He's fine going to jail. He doesn't care about going no. to jail. That means absolutely fucking nothing to him, like. You know what I mean? Um, and apparently when he was in, what was the name of the prison that he was in Wheatfield prison that's just beside us yeah uh, so in March 2013 it was reported that Horgan who was serving a sentence in Wheatfield prison had beaten up the Limerick gangster Jared Dundon a senior figure Ooh. in the McCarthy Dundon gang to such an extent that Dundon required hospital treatment and they moved him out of Wheatfield for his own safety yeah no Dundon's are like yeah you don't fuck with them um, but it just is so upsetting that this man is literally doing whatever havoc, he wants, wreaking havoc, and they're like, give him two years, give him three years, give him one year, give him four years, and he's getting out. And he's he's not. You can't rehabilitate him. He's going to continue. This is this is continued behaviour. Like, mm. um, but just the fact, sixteen, what sixteen year old rapes and strangles someone, and you know what else pissed me off? Go on. He was a GAA player. He was a great GAA. Or to he say was a all member this. of the GAA. Oh, he was great in sports. Here's my thing about sports. I would be more inclined to believe there's rapists in sports than not rapists in sports. Because where are a lot of rapists from? Sports. And they're all in those like like toxic masculinity come on. circles. Like all these, all like his. They were all like he comes from a good family and he did sports. And he raped and murdered someone and dumped her body in a f- fucking park and said hi to her ma when he yeah. walked past her after doing it. The fuck are you talking about? Like, it's just, yeah, Ireland's a crazy place and I don't understand why people think getting the G, getting involved I don't the understand GAA, how sports absolves you of... Like that was, many times there, and there's this whole, someone wrote this whole ass article about this guy. I don't care about this guy, he's a piece of shit. Someone wrote this whole ass article about this guy being like, how can a young boy from a good family who likes sports rape someone? No. What? Because he was raised as a man. This is like, it's yeah. not that, it's not that deep. Like, just you think that him hitting a fucking Schlitter. What do sports have to do with anything? Because it's this thing, especially in the country, where it's like, oh, he's a member of the GAA. He was in the GAA. He's a good lad. He was in the GAA. What? What? What's that got to do with anything? He's just hitting a ball. Like, and even his his defense team were like, he was using GAA. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like, he raped her in a park and murdered her. She was twenty two years old. She hadn't even started her fucking life. He was sixteen. What fucking sixteen year old does that? Like, who cares that his in the GAA? Who cares that his mum and dad are good people? He's not good people. No. And like the fact that that woman was like, my son didn't do this. His DNA is all over her fucking body. Yeah. He did this. He raped her and murdered her. But yeah, they love to bring up the GAA. The GAA? Oh, they love to bring up the GAA. He was a young... How, here's what one of the headlines was. How did a young... Uh, 
how did a, an amazing underage football player end up in jail? Because he raped someone. What do you mean how? He raped like how? somebody. This is what they don't, he murdered in their her. Brains, they're like, because he kicks a ball around the field on Sunday with the lads, he can't possibly rape and murder someone. Sorry. That's a, that I think, but like remember that case we did a while ago. I can't remember the name of it. Sorry. Uh, uh, the one for the guy in Fairview, Kieran. Kieran. Can't remember, but I remember the they, they, they got the priest in, and the priest was like, "Oh, he was a good lad. He played sports." <laughs> uh, but the gay, you know, the gay gentleman that was killed. In yes. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. They all yeah. came forward and they were like using sports. And, they played the sports. I think that was when the priest as well came. Like, just every time, every time you read one of these little cunts. Uh, if I ever uh, do anything bad, I want a priest and a member of the I GA. I need uh, my priest to come and say. I want him to uh, say. She hasn't been in the village in about 15 years and never spoke to me when she was here, so uh, she probably did it. <laughs> I want my priest to come and be like, she um, plays the pr- local church a lot every week. <laughs> but it's just so bizarre that that scene of like the pinnacle of you as a person is if you kick a ball around the field and if you kick a ball around the field you can't be a bad person yeah or you can't do like these terrible things you can't do these awful things and like his parents oh from a well to do family so they think if people have money that they don't do bad things what most of the people that do bad things have money yeah like it's bizarre I just her family are very private I, I couldn't really find anything on her family but like 20 years old your daughter's dead in a fucking park and your, one of your best friends finds her. Yeah. And that little prick was like, hey, what passed you after raping and murdering your kid? When I tell you, he wouldn't be alive if I got my hands on him. No, he wouldn't. And he just, and the only part of the thing is, he doesn't give a fuck. No, he doesn't. He's he no remorse. He couldn't care less. And that's what they were saying, even at the trial, he showed no remorse. He didn't apologise. He didn't say, I'm sorry for what I did. All he wanted to do was appeal it. And the little scumbag got the appeal and then got his conviction overturned. He'll, he'll, he'll do it again. It's just a matter of time. This is building and building and yeah. building and building. And if he's ringing around with known child rapists... And if he's on fucking Tinder. He's on Tinder under an alias. Keen. Lads, if any of you are on Tinder and you see Keen and it's a white man, just swipe left. He's from Cork. Swipe right. I don't know. I've never been swipe on Tinder. Swipe the way that says no. Tinder predates me being with Graham. Do you know how many years me and Graham have been together this year? 16. Whoa, that's crazy. You're so old. 16 years <laughs> together. So I've never been on Tinder. Um, I think it's swipe left. Swipe left. Song like, swipe left. Yeah, I think it is. Swipe left. I think it is. For love. Whatever it is, if you see, see someone called Cain, left. What's a sex act that reminds that is begins with now? <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna Google um, it on my phone. What's a sex act? Him and L. What's a sex like? Well, name sex acts. I don't know. The wheelbarrow. The Eiffel Tower. <laughs> Nobody does that. Like. Young people are like 69. No one does that. Young people do, Emma. Young people do. Young people do, and then when they get older, like, why would anyone ever do this? Why did we ever do this? What was the point? Um, Someone told us this was enjoyable. It is simply not enjoyable. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Go. What's the sex act begin with Al? I've pressed on it. Hang on. It's not good. Oh, there is. (laughs) What? Disgusting. Go. <laughs> Swipe left for licking him. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> Swipe left for lubrication. No. Swipe left for love bite. That's not as good. Swipe left for Levenol, a name for an emergency contraception, more commonly known as the morning after pill. Levenol? Yeah. Oh. Actually, that's a good one. Swipe left for, for Levenol. So no one told you life was gonna, gonna be, be this, this huh? <laughs> <laughs> Our tiny hands. Tiny hands. Um, 
That was a very sad story. Uh, so my takeaway is fuck sports. Uh, don't find anybody on Tinder called Kian. Swipe whatever way that means no. I don't know how many Keens are on Tinder. Oh, we start so Tinder. many Keens. When we start on Tinder, just have a look at it. Can you do that? Without like putting in your personal information? Make, make it up. This fella clearly was just making up a page so hard. <laughs> like, I'm surprised this con can even write to be honest with you. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine going on a date. With a fucking rapist, a murderer. Because I know what this motherfucker looks like. I'm putting up a picture of this motherfucker on Instagram. And if any of you see him on Tinder, he won't be any of because the guards have been like, no. Get off Tinder. Yeah, I'm sure he could set up another... Have yeah, you met the guards? Yeah, he absolutely has been on Tinder. Fucking useless there. Like, he just... The old now that dealt with me on the, in the road traffic accident was now cunt. Jesus! A miserable bitch. I thought she was a lady and she did a great job. No, she was t- terrible. She was not very nice at all. Who? She was nice when I was like, looking at her to be like... You want to bring it down a notch? Stupid ass bitch. Stupid ass bitch. Oh, Colin's texting me. He said. On the bowl. Uh, also, Colin's song this week is very funny. Is it about me? It is about the loss of um, his favourite player to ask from Aston Villa. <laughs> that moved to a different team. Gre- Greenish? Uh, Jack Grealish. He's devastated about it and wrote an entire song. He's getting 100 million. 100 million. No, the, t- cap, the, the club got 100 million. He's not getting 100 million. I don't know how much he's getting. He's, I think he's actually getting less in Man City. Colin explained this to me because I was like, why would you move for less money? Because he wants to win trophies. And Man City are winning everything. So he wants to be like in the whatever league they're in and win all those trophies. So that's why he left. So Colin's very upset. And the song is very funny. I just didn't know how to segue into this. So I'm just going to be like, listen to Colin's song. The song is very, very good. So that's it this week. Thank you to the people, to everyone that listens. We have 386,000 downloods. Jesus Christ! I checked today. It's not really cool. If we had to monetize this shit, we'd be millionaires. We'd have like thirty-eight euro, yeah, like <laughs> each split twenty yeah. each, twenty um, ping. But yeah, thank you to everybody. Sarah's alive. Gordon's alive. Sarah's alive. What have we to say? Collins doing the song, and you know the way uh, Brian Bessick looks. Gordon's alive. Gordon's alive. Sarah Jane's alive. Um, but yes, thank you to everybody for things. Does he play Gimli in Lord of the Rings? No. Who plays Gimli in Lord of the Rings? I have no idea, but it's not Brian Blessed. I love I love Flash Gordon. There's an episode of the Toast of London where Brian Blessed plays Toast's father, and it's my favorite episode. Oh really? I'm gonna watch it. Tonight. And uh, John Ham's in it. So can't sleep. And B- Toast gets a head injury and falls in love with John Ham. Listen, and we've episode, all been there. You know what the episode's called? Ham on Toast. Ham on Toast. And it's the best episode ever. And they just there's a song that plays throughout. And he's like John Ham, John Ham. Just throughout the entire episode, and Brian Blessed is his father. Yeah, so it's very good. Watch that. Uh, don't go on Tinder, and if you do, swipe left. Yeah, swipe left. On everyone. Wear a mask. Die Get alone. vaccinated. Get vaccinated. Don't die alone. Die alone. It's great. I'll be there when you die. Probably will. You'll be there when I die. Put your hand around my throat. So we'll die together. And you'll be like, I did sports! I did the GAA! <laughs> and I'll be like, but Tom's dislocated, I can't do this! <laughs> I take you down. Oh, you would Well, right now you would <laughs> One, actually, I, I don't know, know my adrenaline had kicked in. Like, my adrenaline kicked in at the yeah, car crash. That's true. And I was like, get out of Anya, you stupid I, cunt. Can I look at really sad picture of you uh, standing by the car? Yeah. No, I can't. I, I farted. And I swear to God, I potentially okay, we're have <laughs> shit my pants. <laughs> Follow through. <laughs> mm, okay, thanks everybody. Say goodbye. It's a questionable first. Say goodbye to the people. Uh, goodbye. Thank you very much for all your support. This is the last happy Christmas I'm ever going to say. Why? Just decided I'm not going to say it anymore. No! Going to try it with something new. No, it's your catchphrase. You have to say happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Uh, we'll see you next week. Ho, I ho, don't think ho. people are expecting an episode this week. I'm a so bad mofo.
I don't want to talk about the things we've gone through. Promotion to the prep. Oh, when you got punched by your fan. And now you've buggered off to City and De Bruyne. There's nothing more to win. But at least we've got them again. His shin pads were too small And sometimes he would fall His haircut was the shits But he cleaned up on assists You were the boyhood fan You said that you belonged here We called you Super Jack Now we just call you Jack Drunk in Magaluf Or driving into parked cars We were with you all along Then suddenly you were gone You used to cry in pain 150 fouls a game Grew up before our eyes When your cows were supersized Shin pads were too small And sometimes he would fall His haircut was the shit But he cleaned up on a six His shin pads were too small uh, What's your favourite film? That's My favourite film? I watched one the other week um, It's a bit of a garlic, pretty woman I don't know if any of you oh, have seen that. It's a bit of a girly one. <laughs> no, we love, we love our rom-coms. It's a bit of a girly one, but I love the idea. Yeah? Yeah. No, it's, it's a good, it's a good, you know, It's a great it's film. It's a, a heart, right? I might get a bit of stick for that, but... No, no, it's quality. It's a great film, it's yeah. It's a huge, really love it. Yeah. His shit hands were too small.